You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Five members of the Alabama Crimson Tide are turning pro. We will tell you who that is. And also, former Gators head coach Urban Meyer is now heading to the NFL. He'll be grabbing some SEC guys along with him. Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports will join us to put a cap on the SEC football season. We'll even take an early look at some expectations for some teams heading into next SEC football season. And a quick look at the SEC basketball matchups this weekend. All 14 teams in action on Saturday. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free. Wherever you get your podcasts, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. More of an NFL nugget, but related to college football. Former Gators co- head coach Urban Meyer and former Ohio State coach Urban Meyer. He's back coaching football, this time taking his talents to the next level, the NFL. Urban Meyer was officially announced as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are expected to take Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick coming up in this spring. Meyer is also expected to consider adding former LSU passing game coordinator Scott Linehan as his offensive coordinator. Prior to LSU, Linehan had previously served as OC for the Dallas Cowboys. The Jaguars already have some former SEC standouts, including former LSU wide receiver DJ Chark, Georgia receiver Terry Godwin, Mississippi State punter Logan Cook, Vandy cornerback Trey Herndon, O-lineman Cam Robinson from Alabama, and Florida O-lineman Jawan Taylor. For any Gator fans who might want to go see their former head coach at the next level, it's about an hour and 15-minute drive from Gainesville up to Jacksonville, so very doable. I'm sure some Gator fans will be buying season tickets to see Urban coach in the NFL. Heck, we'll see if they grab any more SEC players in this year's draft to go pair with them. Over at Alabama, five guys from their national championship team officially declared for the NFL draft. Their big D lineman, Christian Barmore, officially announced he is leaving Alabama for the draft. He sent out a message to Tide fans saying thank you to Coach Saban and everyone who helped him throughout his career at Alabama. In addition, quarterback Mac Jones also sent a thank you to fans as he's heading to the draft. And we knew Patrick Sertan and Jalen Waddell were both going. All four of those guys poised to go high in this year's draft. But also, just last night, Dylan Moses joined his teammates in declaring for the draft. He said he actually played through knee pain this entire season and knee wasn't completely healed from surgery season ending uh, surgery from 2019 but counted out quarterback Mac Jones wide receiver Jalen Waddell cornerback Patrick Sertan and linebacker Dylan Moses of course Devontae Smith going to join that group as well as Probably a few other names before it's all said and done. One bit of good news for Alabama yesterday. They're all SEC outside linebacker Chris Allen expected to return to school instead of turning pro. He led the SEC with 13 tackles for a loss this season. And speaking of Alabama, their offensive line coach, Kyle Flood, is leaving to head to Texas to join Steve Sarkeesian's staff. Flood 
is going to coach the O-line at Texas and serve as offensive coordinator, though Sark is expected to call the play still. Flood's O-line this year at Alabama, of course, won the Joe Moore Award for the best O-line in the country. In addition, Bama tight ends coach Jeff Banks also following Sark and Flood to the Longhorns. Banks is a great recruiter in the state of Texas. He is expected to serve as assistant head coach slash special teams coordinator slash tight ends coach at Texas. There's also a little rumor out there that maybe Pete Golding could jump and join the staff with Sark. My goodness. If I'm Nick Saban, I call up Sark and go, hey, man, stop stealing my guys. Got to have somebody left here at Alabama. But that will be interesting to see what Sark is able to build at Texas with all the former Crimson Tide members joining his staff over there in Austin. One more on Bama. Their targeted offensive coordinator, former Texans coach Bill O'Brien. He was back in Tuscaloosa yesterday. Nothing has been officially finalized yet, but it's his second time in T-Town in the past few weeks, so perhaps an announcement could be coming soon. Over at Tennessee, offensive lineman Wanya Morris has officially entered the transfer portal. Former five-star recruit, he had hinted that he would be on the move. Now he is officially in the portal. The big guy to lose for Tennessee. Over at Georgia, big news for them is running back Zamir White announced he's coming back to school. He'll be back of or part of a backfield that will once again feature James Cook, Kenny McIntosh, among others. Of course, JT Daniels at quarterback. Georgia is going to be one of the favorite picks heading into next offseason. At LSU, safety Todd Harris. He announced he'll be coming back to school for another year. Harris played in all 10 games this year for LSU as a rotational starter. He recorded interceptions against Ole Miss and Vandy, forced a fumble against Mizzou. That means LSU will lose only linebacker Jabril Cox and safety Jacoby Stevens, both heading to the draft. Just about everybody else in their defense is going to be back, so a new D.C., at LSU should help make them a little bit better. Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher talking with the media yesterday, looking ahead to next season, and one thing the Aggies are going to need to figure out figure out is who's going to be their new quarterback to replace Kellen Mond. Haynes King serves as Mon, or served as Mond's backup last season, but entering the fray will be four-star dual threat Eli Stowers. Fisher said we're going to find out who the better player is and who fits our scheme and our system and who our players respond to best. Aggies also have Zach Calzada in the mix as well. Two more notes. Auburn D lineman Corey Bender is transferring and announced his commitment to the Florida Gators. So the Gators getting some help on that defensive line. And lastly, former four-star Georgia offensive lineman Notori Johnson Announced he is transferring to Middle Tennessee. So good luck to him leaving the conference. And that is around the conference. A lot of stuff going on. Did not think I'd be talking about Urban Meyer in the NFL uh, <laughs> on today's show. But that's where we are. A lot of news on Alabama as well with them wrapping up their season. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with our buddy Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports. We'll get his thoughts on a lot of the moving and shaking around the SEC as we look ahead to next season. That's next. The NFL playoffs continue on this weekend. A ton of games to bet on and look at, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. 
And remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You will get a 50% welcome bonus when you do. Look, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but there are 14 games in the SEC happening tomorrow. You want to get in on some of the action, you can do so at betonline.ag. Look, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Tons of stuff to get in on the action. I mentioned all those NFL games happening. My Saints going up against the Buccaneers trying to hold off Tom Brady on Sunday. If you feel a certain way, if you like the Saints, minus the points. If you like Tampa being an underdog, you could jump in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, they are your online sportsbook experts. Hey guys, 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more dubs. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, the rest of the NFL games, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Alabama wrapping up the college football season and the SEC football season all at once as they won the national championship game on Monday. Our buddy Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports joins us now. Lynn, thanks for joining us. Hope you're doing well, man. Hey, guys. Yeah, doing doing well. I, uh, you know, I'm one of the biggest uh, college football uh, fans on the planet, but I, I've never been so happy to see a football season get over with. The uh, Got really mixed feelings about it because I was 100% for playing this season. I think everybody should have started at the same time the SEC and the uh, Big 12 did, uh, ACC, and um, and and build themselves the uh, cushion that uh, those conferences did to allow things to be as normal as possible. Uh, but with that being said, uh, this this everything about this season needs to have an asterisk by it. And and last night's game was, and this isn't taken away from Alabama at all because I've I've said on your show before I thought they were the best team in the country, but. You got a team that's uh, that's that's playing for the national championship with 13 players uh, not uh, not available because of this virus, including he's going up against Alabama and Najee Harris, and they're missing two of their three defensive line starters. Uh, first play of the ball game, Trey Sermon, uh, who had over 500 yards combined against Northwestern and uh, and uh, Clemson, uh, gets hurt on the first play of the game. And so now you also, in addition to missing 13 players, including two, two or three defensive line starters, you're missing your, your running back that's getting over 200 yards a ball game. And, and that game last night was just indicative of so many other games this year when, when uh, uh, games weren't able to be played and teams couldn't play equal number of games and, and uh, teams couldn't play with uh, equal number of players available. And it's just uh, – we need this virus to get gone, guys, because we don't we don't need to have another football season like this one. Lynn, it was a tough season for a lot of teams, and a lot can be said for playing teams who were not at full strength, who had players opt out or were out due to COVID. But it just felt like this Alabama team was a uh, a team of destiny. Oh, well, they, well, they were. That's what I say. They're the best team. I mean, and, and we've said that on your show, you know, several times during the year. I don't think there's any question they were the best team, and um. And I did a I did an analysis last night of their uh, of their season that I'm going to write a column on sometime in the next couple of weeks. I took every one of their uh, 12 games they played, and I I did four uh, columns. One was how many yards they got 
Another was how many points they scored. Another was uh, how many yards their opponent got, and then how many uh, points their opponent scored. And it's as impressive an array. I, I guess it just hadn't dawned on me just how, how impressive they were in uh, the magnitude of of their uh, of their scores and of their and of their yardage comparisons. It's very very impressive. I don't know if we've had uh, you know an equal an equal situation before. Again, it's all it's always kind of going to have an asterisk by it because of of what you know was played how it was played. But it was very very impressive. And I I don't remember the last time that a team had a player as good and of course you can't just win one player as you know the the if you don't have the line and that's really that's really where Alabama won their games was in their line. Um but but I um I don't remember the last time that a team had a a running back, a wide receiver and a quarterback all as good on the same team. And that that's that was really special about them, our our cover. We we sent our um Alabama commemorative edition to the printer last night somewhere around 3 a.m. I, I got in here probably about 4.30 this morning from getting that magazine gone. The the cover, uh, you know, people will know what's in the uh, – you know, they'll see it when um, uh, either on Lindy's website or if they're at a location where it might be sold. Uh, it's got the three the three main guys on the cover in a very Art Deco type uh, type cover. And, um, and, I, and we tried to decide who to put on the cover, and we couldn't decide. <laughs> Because they had they had three guys that were so consistently good at their different positions throughout the season, so between the between their line and the uh, and and those those talented guys at the skill positions, uh, I, there's there's nobody really, you know that that came close to them. I think the I think the closest margin anybody came to them all year was 17 points. Yeah, I saw. And when you've gone through an all an all SEC schedule plus two two of at the championship level. And the closest anybody comes to you is seventeen points. Then that's uh, that says a whole lot. I saw Lynn uh, AL dot com said they played eleven SEC teams and then Notre Dame and Ohio State and Alabama finished with an average scoring margin of forty nine to nineteen. That's really uh, impressive. I wanted to get your thoughts just as we head into the off season now. Look in the landscape of the SEC next year. I think Georgia is absolutely loaded with, with JT Daniels, their quarterback, uh, the transfer from USC. They really found, hit a stride with him taking over. I think Georgia is going to be a top five team going into next year. We'll see what Alabama does. Obviously, they'll reload. Uh, Texas A&M has a real good chance to be a, a preseason top five team next year. Obviously, they'll have a new quarterback with Kellen Mond gone, but they're bringing a lot back as well. Yeah, and, and we of course we we haven't even talked about you know what our preseason will be. We're we we don't we don't do our preseason top twenty five for next year until April, and so the the jury's you know the jury's out on that. A lot's going to depend on what happens with uh, with these transfer portals and and going to the NFL draft early. Um, it, it, but on A and M, it would not surprise me if we rank them if we rank them that high, and if 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 most people do, um, and I do expect Alabama to be picked to, to win the championship again. Uh, I'll be I'll be surprised if they you know if they aren't because they're the you know they're the upcoming. But you got to see what's happening with other players. Uh, you know I don't know if Justin Fields immediately announced last night he was going to go pro or not, and he may not. He may come back. But there are there are over 300 players in the transfer portal right now, and 24/7 Sports. Anybody who wants to amuse themselves can go in and they've got a, a listing. Which which shows the players 
uh, where they're going from uh, in in the case where they know the players where they're going to transfer to, and um, uh, the percentage if if they haven't already confirmed and the percentage that they'll go to a certain place, and it and it's um, it's almost every school, and it's not it, it's schools that did good and schools that did bad, and that doesn't even count guys the the guys that are leaving uh, jumping as juniors to go to the NFL draft, and so between the the transfer portal people and the going early to the draft people, and I'm sure that we haven't heard from all of them yet, uh, you're talking hundreds of players, and, and it impacts uh, teams that weren't good and it impacts teams that were very good. So I, I think that's going to, you know, that's going to be a, uh, a factor in our, in, in how we rate teams probably for the first time ever. And, you know, and I wonder, you know, this transfer portal, I, I think, had a good intention. And, um, you know, it was, uh, I know one of the big arguments for it, was the um, having having something so that when a coach leaves a team, whether he's fired or whether he chooses to leave, it gives an option for players that that say, okay, the coach left, so I get to reevaluate where I'm going to be. And um, I think that's a good a, a good intention, but I'm not sure that it's being administered in the way that it was intended, because I don't I don't think that they thought they were going to set up something so that teams could be so dismantled uh, on, on the uh, on the desire of a player to just leave. Len, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun having you on throughout this season. Looking forward to uh, having you on again really soon. Absolutely, guys. We're, we're proud to be with you all. We appreciate it very much. And let me say to the people in your audience, we appreciate you all listening to the, to the Lindy segment, to the Lindy's football report. And, uh, and you know, we don't take that for granted. We appreciate it very much. Call, yeah, call me anytime. We can help you. There you have it. That's our buddy, Lynn Scarborough. LindySports.com. Always fun to talk college football with Lynn. We'll do it again real soon. Coming up next, we're going to switch gears, talk some SEC basketball. Look ahead to some of the games going on this weekend. 14 teams in action tomorrow. Every SEC team playing. We'll discuss it next. Hey guys, March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start of next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Kate Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of, a loaded weekend of SEC basketball happening tomorrow, and I want to run through some of the games that are happening. I mean, every team in action tomorrow. I was looking through. I was like, there weren't any games Thursday, no games Friday. They're all in action Saturday. Let's jump into and and preview some of the games happening tomorrow. At 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2, it is 7-4 Georgia at 6-5 Ole Miss. Georgia still winless in the SEC at 0-4, fresh off getting beat down by Auburn. Coach Tom Crane will be looking to get his first, or rather get into the win column versus a Rebels team that is just 1-3 in their SEC play. At 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on SEC Network, number 17, Missouri is at 7-4 Texas A&M. The Aggies 2-3 in the conference, while Mizzou is 1-2. 
Jeremiah Tillman for Mizzou, one of the SEC's leading rebounders. He's going to go against uh, another guy who's really good at rebounding the ball in Emmanuel Miller. At 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern, it's Kentucky at Auburn. Kentucky 3-1 in the SEC. The Wildcats fresh off their first conference loss of the year, a home loss to Alabama. So they are looking to bounce back, while Auburn just picked up their first SEC win at Georgia. That should be a fun one to watch. At 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern, 10-3 Arkansas is at 10-3 Alabama on the SEC Network. Alabama, the lone undefeated team in conference play at 5-0. They're coming home to Coleman Coliseum after an impressive road win at Rupp Arena, winning by 20 points, one of the worst home losses for Kentucky in the John Calipari era. John Petty led the way for the tie the other night with 23 points. Jaden Shackelford had 18 Arkansas, after they started red hot uh, at the start of the year, they're now just 2-3 and three in conference play. Big one, Arkansas against Alabama. I'll definitely be watching that one. At 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2, it is 6-3 Florida at 8-5 Mississippi State. Both teams 3-2 in the SEC. This would be a big road win for Florida if they can pull it off. The Bulldogs, though, they're really talented. Two dynamic scorers in Iverson Molinar and DJ Stewart. At 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 and 5 Vandy is at 10th ranked Tennessee. The Commodores, they are winless in conference at 0 and 3. Scotty Pippen Jr., though, he's doing a good job for them offensively, averaging over 21 points per game. They're going to have their work cut out for them versus the Vols at Thompson Bowling Arena. Should be a really good one for some Saturday night SEC basketball action. And speaking of Saturday night, at 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern on the SEC Network, it will be 3-2 South Carolina at 9-2 LSU. South Carolina, they have only played one SEC game so far, only five games overall. And news came out yesterday, head coach Frank Martin and two other staffers not even going to travel to Baton Rouge. They are going to stay home due to COVID protocols. I didn't say one of them has it or close contact or what the issue is, but Frank Martin and two of his assistants not making the trip to Baton Rouge. The Gamecocks, they've played just twice since December 5th, so really hard to get a read on them on how good or not good this Gamecock basketball team can be, but they're going to take on an LSU team that is red hot. They've won three in a row. They put it on Arkansas the other night, 92-76. LSU features Cameron Thomas, who leads the SEC in scoring at almost 22 points per game. His teammate, Trendon Watford, he is fourth in the conference in scoring with 18 points a game. So expect LSU to uh, get off and running against South Carolina. But you never know. Sometimes a team like South Carolina missing their head coach might play a little bit more inspired and... uh, See what happens. But some good, good basketball games happening this weekend across the SEC. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to break it all down. We will discuss or recap the games coming up on Monday on Locked on SEC. You don't want to miss it. So, uh, yeah, look, if you've been uber-focused, I got buddies like this. They've been just super-focused on the uh, college football season and the SEC football season and you know, national championship this past week. Now it's time to kind of turn the page. If you haven't watched uh, your favorite team yet in the SEC uh, basketball action, I encourage you to do so because 
it's a fun year, man. There's a lot of guys that came back from last last year's uh, shortened season. Didn't even get an, an NCAA tournament, but some really good talent across the uh, SEC this year and uh, some good basketball to watch. So we're going to recap it all on Monday. Also next week, we'll start to turn the page, look ahead to the uh, college offseason, look ahead to what to expect from some of the quarterback play in the SEC moving into next year. All that coming your way next week on Locked on SEC. You don't want to miss it. Remember to subscribe. And if you missed it, our interview with Chris Marler from earlier in the week from Saturday Down South. Go back and catch that one if you missed it. It was really good. Marler knows his stuff. That's going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys on Monday right here on Locked on SEC.